surgeons of cinema uh the cowboy <clears throat> bruce willis uh zach snyder batman definitely eats the cat eats pussy uh, oh 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 that's right cool. that's the news we can talk about <laughs> that's not each episode we review two movies one that's popular either by release date or general knowledge and one a little more obscure and try to find a connecting thread so that you feel braver about broadening your cinematic horizons. But before the reviews, we have the news. So obviously we've missed a couple weeks and there's a lot going on. I'll try to condense it, but we're mainly going to talk about gaming stuff. Uh, I'll go to you, Dan, first, because I know that there's some things that you're excited about. Uh, yeah, um, so E3, I think, was pretty dry. It was like a pair of chapped lips this year. Needed some bomb. There was none in sight. But you know, you know what actually picked up the fucking slack was uh, Summer Games Fest, and Sony had had a state of play uh, a couple of days prior to that, even where they showed off Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh-huh. Or, no, I'm sorry, uh-huh. it's called Forbidden West. It's the sequel. Uh-huh. You guys may have heard of this. Uh, yeah, there was like a big hubbub on Twitter because they took the main protagonist and they gave her like a kind of like a masculine jawline, and they're just trying to like make female protagonists in games less like sexy, so that we can mm-hmm. you know move forward with games as as a medium but uh right all the games around the world in unison you may have heard them they all went ah! <laughs> they, they, were pissed, they were pissed off about how they made her masculine and kind of bloated so uh <laughs> it looks like they aren't really ready for that, that jump but on the other hand evil dead the game who heard mm-hmm. about this ah. yes you heard about it yeah from me that's right <laughs> <laughs> You can play as old Bruce Campbell, young Bruce Campbell. You can play as uh, all the fucking characters from Army of Darkness and the show and, uh, you know, the, the original movies, obviously. And um, it's being developed by Big Boss Studios. They're kind of taking a Left for Dead approach to it. You can fight all the famous deadites from the movies and shit. And they got all the actors to come back and give their likenesses and do voice work. I mean... Uh, Ellen Samwise from the original movie from 81 is apparently in it. And like, she didn't really do very many movies after that. So that's like kind of impressive to me. They got her likeness. And I mean, it's, it's really like made by fans for fans and I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I know they've also been adding a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, horror icons to dead by daylight, which is kind of becoming smash bros yeah. for, for horror. Ashes in that. Literally. Mm-hmm. Oh, in, in the same way that Mortal Kombat is is Smash Bros <laughs> with '80s action stars now. Um, I've been playing, uh, I've been playing um, the Resident Evil stuff for Dead by Daylight. Mm-hmm. Very nice, very nice. Uh, they, they added Nemesis and they added like Leon and like all the characters oh, yeah. from classic games and stuff. So I've been I've been getting mm-hmm. Nemesis really fucking fun. You have like a tentacle strike and you can infect people with the T virus. Oh, sick! Nice. Pretty, yeah, that thing's hard. Fun. Zach, anything caught your eye in the last couple weeks? I <clears throat> yes, so I saw on Facebook actually because I'm still on on Facebook. I saw screenshots for um 
Square Enix's Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and yeah. so I never, I never played, I never played um, their their Avengers game. I didn't want to, to be honest. It looked really boring. I know you guys have, I think, all played it. Maybe on West, maybe I'm lying. Yeah. Uh, uh, I did not. I heard it is dog shit. Me and Justin, <laughs> like a multiplayer thing once, where I was the Hulk yeah. and he was Iron Man, and we were killing robots together. In my opinion, it's, it's too much robot smashing. I want to yeah. be thrown around like guys. People. You don't want to. I want to. I want to smash guys. I love smashing. <laughs> I love smashing men. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it was okay for like twenty minutes. I think we got bored. Me and Justin were like, "Yeah, maybe we'll try it yeah. again." And then we never did. We never yeah. did. We never they promised Black Panther. They promised Spider Man. Oh, they did. Never, they've just they've only just announced the now the Wakanda expansion is finally coming. It's called War for Wakanda. All right, is that like a story thing? It's like a DLC. Yeah, yeah. what well, a creative title. War for Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, I, and the graphics for Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. From what I I literally just watched the actual trailer. I didn't even realize it was out. But it looks like mm-hmm. No Man's Sky just with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's yeah. not a good sign. It's triggering to see anything that looks like No Man's Sky. Yeah, yeah. Dude, No Man's Sky got better apparently, but I tried it recently, and I like was trying to fly to another planet, and I ran mm-hmm. out of gas in the middle of the galaxy with like nothing to do, and I was like. I'm never touching this game ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could run out of gas. Space, like you can just get stranded in space with nothing, no way of fucking finding another planet. And I just sat there fucking wow. trying to figure it out. Yeah, wait, and what I, can you do about that? Die? Start from checking. You can die. <laughs> There's people who have made very like creative, like cool. It's it's like almost on like a Minecraft level of like your ingenuity and your creativity is going to be really rewarding but i mean i couldn't get over mm-hmm. the fact you can get stranded in space so I had to play what's that. astonishing to me though about the guardians game is that out of that entire cast of characters they still are forcing you to play as the one white dude yeah. <laughs> like you can't play as gamora <laughs> rocket you can't play as uh groot and stuff that's what i've heard no is the only playable character why would they make the game <laughs> <laughs> it's uncharted but i also find it weird that like we're we're doing a video game and we're sticking with the movie team exclusively like just throwing nova in there there's so many yes and then also in that case it's way too late for this game because guardians of the galaxy isn't really hot anymore i mean like the third one is is already five years too late scheduled for 2034 (laughs) so so it just feels a little bit in this 2017 yeah, no. 2018? It came and out the same year. It might have been 20. And Volume 3 is what, 2023? Right? Everyone in here is going to be 40 years old yeah. by the time. Like, Dave Batista is already 60. Oh my god. Chris Pratt looks already so bloated and like weird. And, and because mm. of the, the weird Marvel timelining, the first two feel like of One Piece. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's going to feel like the, mm. like whatever happens after Endgame and after Thor wherever we leave the guardians james gunn will have to scrape yeah. the shit off the floor to pick up after they have to acknowledge endgame they have to acknowledge that thor is with them and then they have to do their if own thor game. doesn't get dropped off in thor love and thunder we just drop right because yeah. at the beginning of the movie yeah. <laughs> hanging guys, with us do you guys see that behind the scenes picture where it looks like they're like at a concert together about to go on stage that's that's what you took out of it yeah. not that uh chris hemsworth's arms are bigger than they look uh, like they're in a, a <laughs> Everything, anything. 
I mean, no, the, you're right though. the The whole movie is going to be like very much like peace, love, rock and roll like type of thing. I mean, the the wild thing is that it's apparently based in the Jason Aaron comics, which okay. are super mythological and very like this is serious, this is mm. myth, and it looks like they're just like saying whatever. It's one time Taika Waititi got caught with two women, whatever. Yeah. This That's so cool. It's so cool <laughs> that Taika's just in there, just getting it, man. I love That's that. in the movie. Taika's always. As for me, as far as gaming stuff, some stuff that I'm interested in, uh, I'm trying to kind of diversify the type of games that I play. Mm-hmm. And so definitely looking at the indie area uh, or arena Daisy Ridley, and you basically solve a mystery in a time loop that's 12 minutes long. You're this guy trying to figure out. And it's a it's a top-down view of a single room. Wow. And you're just going through all these interactions, uh, and they're all 12 minutes long. You're caught in a loop. And then there's a game from the... So actually, the developers of uh, uh, Inside, um, which was developed developed by a studio called Play Dead. You Well, Zach, I know you know Little Nightmares. Yeah, of course. It's similar to that style, but it's not that same, uh, it's not that same developer. But anyway, the what two guys that? who were leading up Play Dead, they split. What Inside is, is like that mobile game. I don't know if you remember. It's a, a side-scroller, kind of like basic art style almost like a platformer and it's like a kind of a horror oh, post-apocalyptic yeah, sort of seen... situation yeah yeah it's like um, what's that black and white game do you guys know what i'm talking about where you're the uh, limbo you're the little yes it's the, that's the, the same developer oh okay cool yeah but so they that team split and uh one of them is founding has founded a new uh similar company but they're putting out this game called somerville which is a very similar play style but you're controlling an entire family, a father, mother, their son, and a pet dog. Oh, that's uh, stressful. <laughs> yes. And you're going through uh, the post-apocalypse. I've just always liked those art styles. Yeah, absolutely. In those games, so I'm kind of interested in, in checking mm-hmm. that and, out. And it's a side-scroller, is that right? Basically, yeah, yeah. It's 3D models in a, in a 2D uh, world. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I play, I, I've been enjoying, like, PC indie games. I played, uh, I haven't beaten it yet, but Katana Zero was a game I downloaded for... Um, on have one of these, Ghost Runner. No, I don't think I have. Playing that like uh, three or four weeks ago. It's like a really, it's it's like a tiny game because there's not very many like enemy um, like skins or, or mm-hmm. like really diverse map or anything. But uh, it's like you're you're running on. It takes place in this like cyberpunk world where you're like mm. running on walls and stuff, and going down time and evading bullets and things like that. Oh, I've, I've heard, heard of, it. I've heard of it. Yeah. But these indie developers have been doing for a really long time and it keeps like working. Like it reminds me of a super yeah. hot. You ever play super hot? It's, it's similar was to that? that. I mean, it's just something you pick up and play. And I played that in VR when I was in school, we had like a VR uh, workshop and I, and I was awesome. swinging the controller around and I hit a girl in the back of the head. No, no one was watching me to like keep me in the corner. And I was moving around like try because I had the headset on and I was like swinging yeah. and stuff. I, that I was still like in my corner. People are supposed to like watch you and make sure you don't like wander around the room. Nope. But I Blunt went off trauma. Like, you just wailed on her. Some girl was sitting in a chair, and I went like that, and I felt like a <laughs> and I hit her in the back of the fucking cranium. Is she alive? No, she's <laughs> dead. But we don't. <laughs> I get it. We don't have to dwell on it. Rest in peace to that girl. <laughs> Wes, yeah, did you uh, did you have anything? Yeah, I did. I, I not not. I, I think you guys uh, licked the plate on video games. Uh, so I'm going to pivot, uh, and this is a surprise. No, I did not tell you guys what this was going to be because I just remembered this right now. Uh, 
No Sudden Move is a new Steven Soderbergh movie with Don Cheadle and Benicio Del Toro that's coming out on HBO Max. It is a Whoa. another uh, heist movie that, you know, Steven Soderbergh loves the heist with Ocean's Eleven and yeah. 12 and 13 and 18 and 25. Uh, and <laughs> it takes place in the 50s and Don Cheadle is doing some heisting with a mask. So I'm very excited. Don Cheadle's always up to Nice. When he's not space. Oh wow! Look at this cast: Cheadle, Del Toro, Harbor, Ham, Fraser, Kieran Culkin, Julia Fox. Julia oh, Fox. really? <laughs> <laughs> you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Who's that? <laughs> That's uh, she. Did you see Uncut Gems, uh, Zach? You didn't say congratulations. I think everybody. Right? I did say. She's always, always you haven't seen it, Zach? Okay, well, Julia Fox is in that, and when you see it, you'll I have know. not seen it. Uh, also, Ray Liotta and mm-hmm. Bill Duke. What a stacked cast. That's crazy. That's how, that's how uh, Soderbergh does it, man. He doesn't come out unless he has 15 <laughs> celebrities in it. Yeah, literally. Um, it looks good. It looks, I mean, I'm all, um, Don Cheadle could literally do a movie where he's reading the phone book, and I would watch it. Yeah, so. he's, in, he's engaging. He is. He and is. I think Soderbergh. One of the first major directors who did like picked him up so yeah he was he's in all those oceans movies and he is uh one of the more underrated actors of his generation for sure don Cheadle. Cheadle. i didn't get to Absolutely. watch his miles davis movie uh i feel like his I didn't even per- know miles davis biopic. yeah, yeah miles ahead i feel like his performance looked really great but the movie itself might have been writing a montage of performing the drugs and then, I'm, I'm just harping on music biopics because no, no I understand. That. I was just saying. I was just saying. I think that his performance looked like it was great, but the movie itself might have been kind of uh, lackluster. Um, and yeah, uh, at least at, miles ahead. Wow. Okay. That's, okay. At least he was a, a a more of a physical match for the role than Zoe Saldana was for Nina Simone. When she did they put that. her in blackface? Oh, did they Zoe put her Saldana? in blackface? They she, all, she they, <laughs> they pretty much yeah they it was some really dark uh and, and you know it's it's, uh. it's it's unfortunate because it's like with a story like that if zoe saldana she had the clout to just be the executive producer and like make right, sure yeah. that the movie got made well, well that's what it was. Okay. yeah but she We're chose being, to she chose to also i feel like that's the problem the actors that are, you know the ego gets in the way and then it's like well i want to play the role so i'm gonna do it and it's like no nah, you could you could have left that for somebody else yeah, that was a discovery been. role, you know. She, she also could have mm. just played one of Nina Simone's alleged uh, girlfriends. Like, yeah. it, you didn't have to be Nina Simone. But um, that that uh, no sudden move seems really interesting. I'm always down for a heist movie, absolutely, um, and especially led by those two. So, looking forward to that. We're gonna take our first break of the episode and come back with our consensus choice for today: Zack hey. Snyder's Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. Welcome back from. <laughs> are we rolling? Yeah, we are now. I just my I was bent over just now. <laughs> yeah, he was. 
Anyway, welcome back from the break. Speaking we are of talking about eroticism. Let's talk about Zack Snyder. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking Army of the Dead, directed by Zack Snyder, uh, also written by him, <laughs> also story by him, also uh, cinematography. Starring him. him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> pretty much. He did. Almost That's everything on this. I gotta say, I was impressed by his by his DP work. If, for a guy, for I mean, no one really does that aside from a uh, Phantom Thread who's at and, PTA and uh, Corona. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, you mean like directing and directing photography at the same time? Yeah, That's but, it. but I was impressed. I mean, it, it looked pretty much the same as that apocalypse scene from his Snyder cut. You know, where it's where it's kind uh-huh. of like oh yeah, and stuff, and he loves his long yeah. lenses. That's oh, his, that's love. his new thing. His new thing is long lenses that constantly go out of focus because he must have uh, watched a Safety Brothers movie. Or, I don't know. That's that's not my business. <laughs> but it's just yeah, into that now. But. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, this is a 2021 Netflix release. Uh, it's a kind of a heist, a post-apocalyptic heist movie is a good way to explain it. It Zombie stars Dave heist. Bautista, Ella Purnell, Amari Hardwick, and some other folks. Tig Notaro, who's pretty funny in it, apparently replacing Chris D'Elia. Yeah. Did you guys know about this? Absolutely. That was the whole Thank thing God. is they had to uh, digitally put her in the movie, and it was like so hard and so expensive. It looks good. And it looks really good. It does. I, it don't, I would never have known. Pilot, right? Yes. Yeah. That was supposed to be Chris Delia. Chris yeah. Delia, yeah. Uh, he is such a shithead. I'm so glad he's that's, not. That's that's I think why he was replaced. <laughs> <laughs> I like about her, someone said this, and and I really took to it. Her charisma stems from how she's kind of not charismatic. Like she she's so mm. uncharismatic that it's kind of hilarious, and it's like cool. Mm-hmm. To like see her just oh. like deliver lines in like a flat way. Like like it, it seems like it's an intentional choice on her part. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think most of the humor that works in this movie, I thought she was kind of a wet belt. Is from like cool, interesting. Like a teacher that doesn't. I think most of the humor in it is her. You know what I mean? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Right. Right. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) Say it again. I I think teacher who's like an alcoholic and like you can tell on the weekends they're just getting fucked up and coming in all <laughs> oh yeah that's, that's heavy my third heavy grade. substitute like teacher vibes for sure just like yes out of her flask in the corner when you're running laps yeah it sounds like a very personal it, uh, it is yeah very personal I, I have a anecdote things to work it did. let so i mean let's let's uh crack it open though what were your initial impressions we'll go dan you've already kind of started you like the cinematography but sure. uh how what'd you think of it overall um not very memorable Hmm. Hmm. I forgot about it. <laughs> it's it's been a while. I'm assuming since you saw it. That too. <laughs> I think I watched it two weeks ago. Uh, I kind of forgot about it. That's fair. Uh, Zach, what did you think of it? Uh, yeah. So it's been a while for me. I I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, the concept is like purposefully, you know, ridiculous. Um, mm. and so I thought that was cool. I, there was this thing that I read, <clears throat> I'm not going to go into spoilers, but there's this thing that I read that there's a disconnect between, like, the first and second act of the movie and then, like, the final act um, mm-hmm. in terms of tone, which mm-hmm. I, I really did see, just the way that the the comedy kind of leads those first two acts. And mm-hmm. then the final act, all of a sudden, it's, like, actively trying to make it's you do or die, ugly yeah. sob. Yeah. Um, and I, I noticed that it didn't really bother me. I was just like, okay, here we go. The stakes are suddenly higher. I thought overall it was a lot of fun. 
Uh, but I actually kind of agree with with Danny. Like, it's not like I stay up at night and think about that movie that right, much. Right. <laughs> like, uh, it was it was fun, and then you know, it's just mm-hmm. now it's over. Yeah, the structure West? thing is interesting because I think zombie movies have been doing that for a long time. Uh, I mean, his his Dawn of the Dead is a remake of Romero's Dawn of the Dead, and it Romero's is. Dawn of the mm-hmm. Dead is really fun up until the main character is debating whether or not he wants to commit suicide or take off in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. Which is the last. It's it's a it's a really fun time where these guys are boarded up in a mall and there's like a montage of them shopping and like having dinners at the five star restaurants with the shit that they have and pictures and stuff. And then at the very end, it's like, oh shit! Like, are we gonna kill ourselves? Like, what are we gonna do? You know? And then Snyder's that is like that, but like they're they're in a truck and they have chainsaws going out the window. It's like literally that on a Red Bull. Like it's like the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead. Like what a wild movie. It, it, the rest of his movies really suck, so it kind of like is is above them. <laughs> it when compared to the Romero movie and like commentary on consumerism and stuff, it's like holy shit, that is so it's so bad. It only works if you haven't seen the original. You know, Dan, I was gonna say that I think you know before we uh, get Wes's thoughts, what's interesting about what you said regarding like the the tone shift of zombie movies or at least of that particular zombie movie is that like yeah, i like it i just yeah, want to put that out there yeah right? yeah yeah i know and and i think it in real life god forbid but like you would even see a bit of that too like there would be moments where we would be enjoying the collapse of society and like mm-hmm. there's yeah, like, no there's no videos there's, of people jet skiing over like blood soaked rivers and stuff and, like, yeah or, or i get you know i can go into a store and snatch some sour patch and not have to worry about exactly. it like and then and then like like turning blue and the veins are exactly. exactly and then stuff will get real yeah so yeah. um 100 i i think that it can be executed well yeah but wes how did you feel about army you know i mean i, I Zack snyder made my least favorite superhero movie of all time which mm. is man of steel uh which <laughs> we won't get into right now i'm sure we'll get to it eventually there's so much uh, to say it's just, you know, <laughs> as a movie that fundamentally misunderstands its main character and mm-hmm. what he needs, the culture, whatever, doesn't matter. We're not talking about Man of Steel. We're talking about Army of the Dead. I like Zack Snyder, I think, more than the rest of you guys. I think mm-hmm. uh, even his failures are interesting failures. Like, I think sure. I think uh, Justice League, his version of Justice League doesn't fully work, but the cyborg stuff really works. Yeah, you know what I mean? Stuff. I think 300 doesn't fully yeah. work. 300 is pretty exhilarating. You know what I mean? Like, Watchmen doesn't fully work. But, but all, it's funny right. and it's a good time. I watched it recently. But, like, and and like the Watchmen. Manhattan stuff is like astounding. Yeah, it is. So, so it's, it's amazing. Like, I think, and I think it's clear that he has put thought into all those comedy. movies. So when he talks about the movies, sometimes it feels a little pretentious, but sometimes it's like, yeah. oh, this guy is a is a filmmaker that is trying to make art house movies with $300 million, yes. which is like admirable. You know what I mean? So yeah. all of that to say, I, I thought Army of the Dead is a little uneven. You know, I think there's there's moments where I'm like, ah, oh, this is sagging. You know, it's about 40 minutes too mm. long, which is, uh, yes. in my humble opinion, which it, I think is an issue with most. Long. But I think uh, when I left, I wasn't upset that I watched it. And I sure. think, and I think, yeah. Batista is is exceptionally well cast in the movie. Mm, like I think, great. I think as uh, as like the, the the barometer of wrestler turned actors go. Batista is more on the Cena side than the Rock side, uh, which is to say a good actor. Uh, so I, I enjoyed Army of the Dead, even if it doesn't fully uh, stick in my brain. You know, one more little uh, yeah. tidbit that I have to say before we like get into the movie, I guess, is uh, when I was younger, I used to turn on the Sci-Fi Channel all the time. We talked about this before, mm-hmm. but uh, 
they had all these like dime a dozen like zombie movies there was one called like dead man walking that takes place in a prison and i mean they just had like a million of them going on all the time all these mm-hmm. cheaply made zombie movies and i don't say this as like a dig at army of the dead because i like a lot of those movies like i love schlock i, I love just zombie mm-hmm. father that you kind of watch and forget about um it, it would have fit right in with something I had watched as like an eight-year-old flipping through cable television. But that's, and that's not of... that's not bad. That's not bad because a lot of those movies I have a great time with, and it's like you're at like you're, you're hanging out with a friend years later, and it's like, did you ever see this thing where it's you know like they're in Vegas and they're doing a heist and there's zombies and so it's one of those movies. Right. But know? but I think yeah. that's kind of what Snyder's project is. He wants to make schlock. Yeah. That's intellectual. Which I love. I love you know schlock. what I mean? Like he loves he loves taking comic books and saying okay but what if they were great gods you what know what i mean they were for adults you know what i mean so which like <laughs> almost it, it like frequently doesn't work but like inside of the not working you're like damn that's like a really cool that's thing. a good idea yeah. yeah yeah as far as my my initial impressions um i agree i think that snyder is an idea guy uh in this maybe even in the same way that i mean he might be the closest to a george lucas in his oh, yeah. generation in terms of yeah. here's the idea so. here's the idea someone else needs don't to let execute him execute it, it. <laughs> no i agree and, and, I, I, agree. and I think Stephen king kind of thing yeah 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 and he uh, has issues of landing his books though i don't think he's yeah. the ending is the ending i think he, I think he has yeah. great ideas but a lot of the time they just kind of flounder and flop around you don't like the uh yeah. the orgy and it that's not a thing uh, that's that my you favorite like. part that's my favorite part. Oh. <laughs> naturally I love, love the big but, uh, uh, spider too the big spider <laughs> yeah but I do think, yeah, I agree with what a lot of y'all have said. I think it is too long, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll start to talk about some of the plot stuff uh, right after this. Um, but I definitely think it, it it could be a lot shorter, and especially for the type of movie it's supposed to be. Like, I think heist movies thrive on being quick, quick like yeah. a tight, ninety Touch minute down. situation mm-hmm. maximum. Yeah, and so, uh, and and I mean, it's just like a lot of times Snyder gets in his own way with um, with some of the. Uh, the narrative choices that yeah. he makes. And um, I was actually in broad strokes. I enjoyed the movies visuals, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of like the depth of field was really shallow. And there was a lot of like, you know, like blurry background stuff. And it yeah. kind of felt like he was shooting on iPhone and portrait mode. And it like, it's, especially it's, in those like medium close-ups where he's cutting back and forth between if, people. And I'm like, any student film made in the past five years, they all look like that. It's, it's yeah. all really long lenses. I'm like, whoa, whoa, we're this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't really work for me when I'm, when I'm, it, it, it feels distracting and it hurts my eyeballs. But I think that wow. what's interesting about Snyder, the, the most interesting thing about him, at least that came out to me in this movie is, how he casts i think that he's sure. always got an eye on casting internationally mm-hmm. and um you know as far as i guess maybe the racial representation that's like a different story but at least he's always bringing kind of new new faces mm-hmm. to to uh film or faces that you haven't seen in a while like omari hardwick isn't you know usually like in a triple a who is that again movie like he's the guy who plays uh uh the, he's a black guy he plays uh okay. what's his name with the saw that he never uses, by the Bro, way. Man, he's, he he's, the, uh, he's the patient zero for the sequel. He's the one who oh, that, yes. I love the last five minutes. The last five minutes are so sick. You, you go I, in, I, in the beginning of the movie, when you get infected, it's like, bam. Like, you're running around, right. and you're jacked, and you're, you're crazy. But with him, it was like, it took him like a couple hours. He got bitten by the king. 
Yeah. Yeah. Took him a couple yeah. Of which, yeah. which I mean, I guess we're gonna we're gonna jump into it, but I think the smartest idea in the whole movie is the idea to make there be tiers of zombies. Yeah, I was gonna come which is yeah, like that was so cool. Sure. Which is like the idea of like it was taking the I am legend idea, which is making the zombies just slightly the more vampires. So they're the vampires, vampires in the book. They're vampires in the book. Vampires in the movie. They can't go out in the sun. They're like they're ghouls in the movie. I call them yeah. zombies. <laughs> um, I, okay, I love the book. They're, by they're the way. fully they're fully zombies. They're fully ghoul zombies because Romero, when he read the book, was like, "These are my monsters for my movies," and he just adapted. So they're like, for for Night of the Living Dead. No, oh, when he, he read he the in, book. He was inspired by yeah. I Am Legend. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so it, it takes the I Am Legend idea of making these ghoulish creatures just slightly more on it. You know what I mean? Intelligent. Um, yeah. And kind of ramps it up as Zack Snyder does, puts it yeah. to it. They have like a Mayan yeah. culture, which kind of comes with the Las Vegas landscape. They have temples that they yeah, go to, and they all they sacrifices. all answer to yeah sacrifices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and their yeah. clothing and stuff, it's it's very like Mayan. I mean, the the queen right. who the actress is kind of a goofball. Like, do you guys remember that one shot where she runs off camera and they didn't cut for some reason? They just show her like continuing continuing <laughs> to run off camera, and she looks really goofy. Uh, <laughs> No, but she, she kind of has this like prestige like zombie look to her where she's in mm-hmm. like like armor and stuff that well, i don't know how mm-hmm. she's a crown i would have made it or anything but i yeah. guess the, the ambiguity yeah. is is good there um right but yeah that's definitely the most interesting idea it, it sets uh the snyder zombies apart whereas in the past the snyder zombies were just fast <laughs> the, the, the only yeah. thing that set them apart like in his dawn of the dead was that they sprint and that was it yeah. but, yeah. but now they yeah. have extra that's end game right um yeah so spoiler warning dropping now uh we'll we'll start to talk in more detail one of the one of the things yes i appreciated the uh it did remind me a lot of i am legend which is a movie that i i like the uh, a step too far was the pregnant zombie woman that was a lot Uh, to handle i was like okay snyder i don't (laughs) come on dude like he rips her corpse and like Uh, pulls the fetus out yeah the the embryo out of her not feeling it. I was like, hey, it's not. He didn't need that. No. Like, there's stuff like that that happens in the well, movie. It, it was so largely implied. You know, what if they kill a zombie and it's a robot? Did you guys notice that? Okay, okay, okay. that's what you said. And a bunch of sparks fly out of it. And yes, it's like, it happens it multiple happens times. That happens with the king too. And on right? and on yeah. like comicbook.com, yes, it does. Those, those like cringy websites that cover this shit. They were like, "Did you notice the android zombie? Like, what the fuck are we doing? What do you mean android zombies? Didn't notice it. So Good. I was. So you, so the movie was better for you. It was. <laughs> go, go, well, go ahead, Zach, because I think that it seems that Zach has the answer to this. I was going to say, I was going to say, I, I looked into this, and apparently there is a theory, which I like better than just like android zombies sprinkled into the movie. Absolutely no explanation. But the theory is that like that blueness that like because because mm-hmm. the king gets his head blown off and it mm-hmm. like his head explodes into like blue goo. The theory is that, like, right, I thought it was Sparks, too. The theory is that, like, that blue whatever is what, like, gives them their strength. Like, because clearly the king has enhanced abilities, which Mm -hmm. is nonsense, but also (laughs) explains why the the fetus maybe came out, like, blue. It had a blue, yeah. And then all of a sudden it turned, like, like like, it lost that hue once he brought it back. And I thought that was... 
like the blood oxidizing because science class but (laughs) but apparently like it could just be this theory of like it gives them their abilities but but i think to danny's point there are there are scenes where you literally see like an endoskeleton right that's right (laughs) yeah and that like especially like when um when that one character that kid who they who they hire because he's like good at shooting zombies but Mm -hmm. but uh but dies and is not that, he's not that much better at shooting zombies than any other character. Oh, he had the uh, But when when they're running through the, they have the money and they're running through yes. the casino. He was a good uh, character. He the Logan one Paul character. Yeah, I like I, I, I yes. like that, like an influencer in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, but he uh, he shoots one, and you see like a almost like a Terminator eye. Pop That's out. what it's I like, thought. I kept waiting for them to be like, oh yeah, these were engineered by the government. It was a it was a planned like situation right and i and i i kind of thought it was going that way because one of the things i liked about this movie thematically there wasn't a lot but i <laughs> i thought that like it was pretty cool that he was setting like like we were seeing uh an apocalypse in daily life which is kind of like how we felt last year with the pandemic right mm-hmm. like there was this end of the world scenario happening and we all still had to kind of try to live our lives so it's like yeah, there's there's zombies that are cordoned off in this section of Las Vegas. Yeah. I'm over here flipping burgers at a diner. You know what I mean? And they're about to send a nuke to the city. Like right. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, don't know why Sean Spicer's in this movie. What are you doing? Because it's hilarious. Uh, because it's very <laughs> is why he's in the um I don't know. Zack Snyder but, likes dropping in real people into yeah. his movies. Anderson like, Cooper shows up in BBS. He does, yeah. and he's like, and he's like, Yeah. He's like what do we do with this Superman? Like a Superman <laughs> or something? And it's like flying around and, and stuff. And I think it's 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 his attempt to, it, you know, Zack Snyder loves the big old word of this podcast deconstruction. Like he loves taking mm. the the genre and, and, and saying world. how would this work in the real world? Yeah. And instead of like everyone being like, well, if Superman really existed, uh, the government will retract to kill him in two t minus two seconds. People would worship uh, him. People like that that whole part of it where people treat him like God. Like I always thought that that was kind of yeah. Accurate. And then he's like, yes, happen. I am God. I am Absolutely. Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you're so, right. That is that is feel one way or the other. That is the reason why I think he loves putting people like Sean Spicer in because he's like it, it injects the thing with the kind of reality that the genre wouldn't have. The reality, you know, it does because we have Marvel movies where they have like CNN bumpers that are like, oh, Thor just, you know what I mean? They had that in Has the that Avengers. Happened? In the Avengers, they had like newscasts and stuff. Yeah. I think oh, so. right, right. There's a yeah, honk yeah. if you like my hammer or whatever. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I liked the opening too, even though I wasn't exactly sure what it was trying to depict, you know. And like, obviously, I guess it's just the development of this, about the first of this uh, siege of zombies. Yeah, that yeah, that the opening part, credit like, sequence. I actually love seeing in zombie movies like how it initially spreads. That's always like the yeah. most interesting part to me. Yeah. So just just seeing that there was I like. Don't... Weds that are like drunk and they're being assholes on the road and they crash into a government truck and that starts this like apocalypse scenario. Like I, I kind of liked that chain of events there. How we can start with the most like common like just a drunk driver yeah. can make something like this happen, you know? And then it's spreading right. to these guys in the desert you... and it kind of being like a slasher movie with that one like really powerful zombie running around, you know? Did you all feel like the <laughs> acting in that those first ten minutes with with the soldiers specifically? was a little weird i'm just remember i just all of a sudden a repressed memory came back to me this is the dumbest like the smallest thing i could possibly think to mention but the (laughs) just the acting in that very beginning of the soldiers i'm pretty sure like instead of 
running away they choose to like watch and see what happens as their comrades are like ripped in fourths yeah there's a lot of i'm not gonna raise my gun yet even though there's a clear threat here yeah uh i also will will freely admit that three of those men looked exactly the same yeah. yep. and, I, yeah. and I, like in a way that was disturbing to me i mean i know that's the idea with the military anyway like one yeah, unit but the way zach's <laughs> zach snyder cast it was like i couldn't tell especially the, the two main guys i couldn't tell them apart i was gonna double back and talk a little more about batista's performance west because i agree that i think he's I, I i'm always intrigued by him uh on screen and I appreciated moments where he kind of finally like let go of the husky like you know you know when like even when he raised his voice at any point I was like great like I and I I liked to see him emote I liked when you know yeah. I was most I was mostly sold on the relationship between him and his daughter I yeah. mean uh, I, I I pretty much bought that and I think there are moments together. Him. At one point she says um you were like not in my life for so long that like I don't right. know I, I mean. Yeah, I don't remember verbatim what she said, but I remember sitting there like, huh? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> he was not in your life for so long that you can't... It, it wasn't she like... She said something like, I don't... Like, I'm upset with you about something. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was well, it's well, just like absence and, and... Right, right, right. He killed her mom. But she, but she identifies <laughs> that's how upset yeah, about yeah, Do you remember? Yeah, yeah and then she identifies. Because he feels guilty, so he leaves her life yeah. he left that's right she, that's what it was that she said yeah, i don't yeah. see a future where we like have a good i mean i'm not quoting it but like she's like i don't see a future where we have a good relationship and i was kind of oh you know what it was you know what it was dan i think it was something like i've hated you for so long that i don't know if i can like you again or something like that. and i was just confused. Oh. i didn't i didn't get what the conflict would would yeah you know and like i was trying to yeah, try right. to understand it because you know yeah i don't have a, the best relationship with my dad and i was trying to see where she was coming from there and it just didn't really like work mm -hmm. for me. it seemed mm -hmm. like a conflict that they were kind of like i don't know like trying it didn't to, land you know, it didn't land in there and it just didn't fit but i think her. that's the major failing of the movie and the reason why it's so long is because it tries to introduce uh these yeah. uh, humane, human the human lanes of land. conflict uh and the funniest of which is when Batista's best friend is essentially like, I've been in love with you for years, and then gets her head twisted like a bottle cap. Mm. Like, like that was I, the, the most traumatizing thing I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> like I, I was but, not ready. Like, but the fact that she dies, yes. But the thing about it is, the fact like, that she dies makes that moment, Wes. I, I maybe this is what you're about to say. The fact that she dies makes that moment. No, so stupid. annoying yeah. because you know that they only yeah. did it so that the, you could feel something when she gets her head uh -huh. ripped. So, same with the guy who, who is kind of like that character from Aliens who's just there to make sure they bring his Xenomorph yes, back. Yes, you know what I'm talking about? He's trying to bring mm -hmm. back him and then like the lion like whips him out of the car and he like shatters his spine. There's just like an it, avalanche of gores. They're like ripping it, him apart. It's, it's you know? even worse in Prometheus where they have the husband character and then scene before you see him in the shower with his wife just so you can identify him as someone with a wife and then he promptly dies when he gets back home. <laughs> yes, they do the exact same trip in Prometheus. I like, think I tried to block it's it with Wait, wait, wait. Was that? That was oh, Covenant, yeah, yeah. right? That was Covenant? Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, oh, where James Franco gets burned alive in the first no that Prometheus two uh, Alien Covenant, Covenant. Yeah. They, do it, <laughs> they do it in almost every Alien movie where they have a character that has a relationship in the beginning of the movie and then they promptly yeah. kill them. Yeah. Um, but yes. all this to say, I think if they had essentialized 
the conflict to a couple different lanes, just like maybe one or two. We may have gotten a mm-hmm. stronger, yeah, or or at least yeah. given Batista at least wrapped the movie more around Batista in mm. the sense that all the conflicts come back to him in some way. Um, right. As, as is the strongest relationship to me was Amari Hardwick and his little white boyfriend uh, who yeah. gives his life for him. Uh, <laughs> the little German boy. You know, I do. I, I do appreciate. Amari. I love that. power. Then, yeah, great. Uh, there's a lot of uh, solid performances in this that like, like I liked that that German character. I thought I'd be annoyed by him. Oh wait, would you do like him oh, enough I, for I, a, a prequel to be made of him? I'm stop the recording. Um, what did you say, Zach? Did you do you like him enough to to watch a prequel centered around his character? Oh, because they're making one. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> they're making one. What's it called? It's uh. Someone look this up. It makes sense to me. <laughs> you, can't, you can't build the universe around this. It's like a dumb sci-fi original. He doesn't. It's fight a prequel. Zombies. He doesn't fight zombies. What is he gonna do? I just gonna crack like we're also annoyed with him. I thought he was funny, but he was supposed to be like the character that pissed everybody off. What, what, what Army of Thieves. In the script, Army of Thieves. wrote him as um, more waifish, and then they cast a charming actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not rude. They, they cast like a neck of, or no, yeah, That guy's a bit of a hunk that they cast. You know, he, you know, he reminded me a lot of uh, all respect to the dead. He reminded me a lot of uh, Anton Yelchin. I was, oh shit. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. he, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Elton, mm-hmm. Elton yeah. often got roles that that mm-hmm. were written to be annoying, and then he would come in and just do magic. He was charismatic. Yeah, uh, yeah so. he was just too he was just too sweet, was like too the same good. like with uh, yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, but as a, as a way of uh, bringing our bringing ourselves to a wrap up here, I guess I just wanted to ask like um, if there were any action highlights for y'all because I think like Zack Snyder definitely proved that he can still direct action and he's pretty competent about it. And there was a lot of stuff I saw in here that, that uh, when reminded it's really me of over the top. And there's like an active zombie in the helicopter and the helicopter. Love that. I was about to say that one. And stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. super like Marvel movie mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, I but was a big fan of the, that, of like the, uh, up to that point. And it, it I, I, yeah. I also love it when, uh, uh, the, uh, the blonde kind of in between or person that works in the, that helps the coyote. daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coyote. When she's fighting the zombie king and he throws the spear and it hits the Oh, that was brutal. It goes through. But but the the way it is is like Zack Snyder's really good at directing action. Like he yeah. action when it's done well, it's undetectable because it's like you, it's it's just very clear storytelling. Mm-hmm. When it's not done well, like uh Batman begins, uh you don't know what's going on. Yeah. You it's just it oh, yeah. you know. So Yeah. I, I I think for me, one of the scenes I enjoyed the most was uh was the kitchen kind of when they were sneaking past all the sleeping zombies yes. and then oh, that yeah. one guy like screwed over the, the girl i'm forgetting her name but she had to fight her way through like that was the best for zombies. me yeah. that was it so was, cool that was dope and then uh, she died unnecessarily i can't but... believe she she made it out of that room only to die in the hallway when anybody could have helped her <laughs> there's she a lot a, of that though. A there's a lot of that that nihilism though where like the daughter's chambers would be trying to protect uh this woman and then the woman just is oh that's dies. right she just in the in the helicopter guys off screen did you guys guys notice Mm -hmm. uh it's they're carrying around the same gas tank props that were in that justice league uh apocalypse (laughs) it was just all the lot (laughs) it literally is the same prop you know he filmed that epilogue in his uh backyard in his his backyard yeah yeah Yeah. zach snyder's a legend guys i don't care what anybody (laughs) says sometimes (laughs) certain things about him are kind of cool I, it's you yeah. know what it is? it's it's his kind of he almost has like and 
like, I, please don't take this the wrong way, Zack Snyder. I'm sure you're watching this. I'm sure you're an avid. He has like a frat. He stays on top of film podcasts. He has like a frat boy intelligence. Yes, sure. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. he's like the guy frat at a frat boy, party. Frat boy, Red Ann Rand. Yes. He's like a frat boy who you'd be at a frat party with him. You ever and read Charles Bukowski? Yeah, he'd be like, have you ever read The Odyssey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Homer is just <laughs> But like, then we'd also be doing beer shots. You know what I mean? Exactly, so. yeah. Exactly. No, that that is his his exact archetype. Um, I, I mean, listen, I'm glad that he is at least for the moment done with the DCEU because I don't I don't love his interpretations of those characters. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to continue to watch him build his, I guess, make his own movies. Trying yeah. to build a universe around this is. I would foolish. have wanted to see that Mad Max Justice League movie though. That would have been kind of cool. The Russian. I, I can imagine them animating it. I could I mean, see them yeah, like. I, I would have been into it. I mean, I mean, as, as long as you acknowledge that, like, it's not, it's, it's like an Elseworlds thing. Then I mm-hmm. think the Mad Max take could have been kind of fun. Because I, I, yeah. I do really like that scene where they're on the highway and it's, you know, they're on their apocalypse getups and stuff. I think it's kind of cool. It's got a solid. But, but, uh, it, but if I you just don't, don't want it, like, as a tone and thing, it's like an Elseworlds. It wasn't thing, even that. It was that Jared Leto was present. Oh yeah. I just don't want Jared Leto in it. <laughs> don't let anyone, him be in it. Jared Leto for literally anyone else, and I'll take him it. away. <laughs> I'm surprised. Well, what would you guys? Uh... Like a Mad Max like superhero like movie yet? Like I just think there's so much there that you could that you could like. It'll be Lobo, or Ghost Rider, one of the two. Oh, Ghost Rider would be sick. Yeah. Ghost Rider would be sick. Yeah. Ghost Riders. Uh, <laughs> let's yeah. let's rate it real quick, and uh, I'm I'm gonna go first. Everyone's gone. I'll give this. Uh, I didn't think about it beforehand. I'll give it uh, two and a half skulls out of five. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll uh, I'll go ahead and give it uh, six twisted necks out of ten. Ah, Zach. Zach. So sorry. Did I take that from you? I was traumatized. I think I need that. Uh, I will give it three blue zombie embryos out of uh, five. (laughs) Yeah, I give it a two and a half on the the box, so I guess it's uh, twenty um, charisma less, but still really cool uh, jet pilots out of a hundred. Uh, I thought yeah. it's a helicopter. Oh wait, no, she, she did fine. To me, it was cool because like she wasn't charismatic at all. That's she why could, I liked her. She could eat uh, if they ever do bring Batwoman into uh, the DCU. Sure, yeah. Like in a old in a Batman Beyond setting. I mean, yeah. Batwoman is like Batman and Batwoman are the A supposed to be the same age because they're cousins. They're like first cousins. Oh, and yeah. B are supposed yeah. to be the floating ages of thirty-five to forty-five. So like, I'll, you know I'll say this. Tig, <laughs> Tig, 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 Tig seems like she would be really cool to sit around and smoke with and like talk about stuff. But she but I wouldn't cast her in like a, the lead role of an action movie. That's fair. That's that's, that's my final take. That's fair. Well, those are our ratings for Army Thanks, of the Dead. Uh, thanks for sticking with us for it. We're going to take our second break and then come back with Zach's personal pick of this week, Mulholland Drive. <laughs> Welcome back to the Media Morgue. <laughs> Our pick for today, I was caught off guard, guys. Our pick, uh, no, my pick for this week was Mulholland Drive. Uh, mm. It's actually Mulholland Drive, I'm pretty sure. So Mulholland Drive, and I'm looking at the Wikipedia article. Uh, shout out to Wikipedia. Danny, are you speaking? 
<laughs> Shout out to Wikipedia. Mulholland, Mulholland Drive is a 2001 surrealist neo-noir mystery film written and directed by David Lynch, and it stars Naomi Watts, Laura Haring, uh, or Herring, sorry. Herring. Just Herring, thank you. Justin Thoreau, uh, Ann Miller, and a few other people, obviously. It's, uh, well, actually, you know what? Why don't we just jump into it? Danny, why don't you give us the, uh, what is this movie about? A delusional blonde actress, her hot Latina friend with big naturals, they're trying to figure oh out what's God. going on. This movie's amazing. <laughs> Wes, did you finish it? I, I did finish it. Nice. I finished the film. Uh, I did. Very nice. That's we'll, great. We'll get into it. <laughs> so, are we doing the uh, the letterbox reviews? Do we have those? Yes. Ready? Let's let's uh, let's speed round them. Um, the Mulholland Drive has very few reviews under five stars. Uh, but of boy, course. did I look. Uh, Ian Fastert uh, gave a five star review and said this is La La Land's evil twin, which yeah. is very true. Um, uh, Anika gave a four star review that said the weirdest thing about this movie is that Billy Ray Cyrus was in it. <laughs> and also Hannah Montana comes out like three years after this movie so it's a very short turnaround there's a connection incredible. in terms of his pretty career. incredible well he he was he was you know a big country star at the time that's he why was. it's ironic and also it's Hannah Montana video. deals with dual identity hey wow sure and one of and one of the versions in a blonde wig hey, hey. Oh. Yeah. uh oh. and uh the the last uh review which is something Danny informed me may not be true I've done some research we uh Brat says this is literally a movie about a woman who jerks <laughs> off so hard that she kills herself, and that's the last review. Danny we're didn't mention. want to uh, give the three star review. Last review. <laughs> it's All out right. there. All right. So, well, for those of us who haven't seen this movie, what was your experience seeing it for the first time, Justin? <laughs> I know that you hadn't seen a David Lynch movie before, and uh, you know, how, how did you uh, how did you take this? Uh, yeah, I. This was my first Lynch film. Uh, it was kind of a, a real trip for me, um, which is, of course, is what it's designed to be. Uh, but, you know, as I was watching it, I was also trying to kind of formulate my opinion on Lynch as a filmmaker. So it was definitely an experience for me trying to piece together what his style was and what I mm -hmm. could kind of uh, take away from it. But um, what I found myself surprised by was the was the presentation of a traditional narrative as uh, between these two lead actresses, uh, these two characters who are, you know, falling in love with each other, and also just like this case of mistaken identity, and so mm -hmm. that gives you something to hold on to uh, before it's ripped away at the end of the film, uh, mm -hmm. and of course we'll we'll get into that. But overall, right. I, I I'd say I liked it. It, it, I could see the template for a lot of things that uh, that I've enjoyed since, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, I'll go next because I know that uh, Wes has a different opinion of this movie than I think the rest of us do. So I'll... Wow, way to just hang Did, me out Didn't you dry. give it zero stars? I gave it... Uh, I actually asked Letterboxd to... If they had a negative... No. <laughs> no you did no. give it zero stars, though. I just saw your no, I just gave it a like. I gave it no stars. Okay, it wasn't yeah. zero stars. It was a no star rating. Okay. Well, that's your then. Then go into it, Wes. You might as well continue. What did you think of this movie? This is this is a very well crafted movie. I think David Lynch seems like a really nice guy. Seems very nice to his actors. Mm -hmm. uh, makes them feel comfortable. Good looking sixty year old man. Absolutely. I just don't. I can't. I can't get into his 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 filmography. And I have similar issues to this as I do with uh, Blue Velvet, which is just that I am a, a noob 
and don't have any patience for the slow unveiling of his his worlds, um, which enough. is what some other people have. And that's just a me thing. It's because I, I like Zack Snyder movies and I'm a doofus. So <laughs> it is what it is. Great. Thank Got you. Got a so film much. girl on the podcast here. Uh, uh, well, Zach, do we want to do you want to go? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go. Um, because I know you have a lot to say on this movie. It's very special. A to couple you. things. Though. Oh, just a, just a, a couple. But yeah. well, so for me, I overall I was blown away by this movie. I definitely started out with the with the first that that big portion that uh, leads the first and second act. I was largely confused. You know, I understood what was going on. There was a general through line, but I was just wondering where the movie was going. Uh, I think Naomi Watts is incredible. She gives like mm-hmm. one of the most amazing performances I probably have ever seen. Um, there's mm-hmm. one scene in particular where she's with uh, the audition scene that I, I just was not expecting that that yeah. caliber of acting, um, mm-hmm. even a little bit. That's where we begin to see uh, the real Diane peek in. Right. And, exactly. and she's kind of invading this dream world with uh, reality. Or is it that it's going deeper into the dream and she's diluting a, a version of the audition where she blew everyone away? Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I thought, you know, there were there were just parts where I was I was I was kind of lost, like the the whole conspiracy when it came to casting uh, Camilla Rhodes as the lead actress. I thought that was ridiculous. I thought it was funny, but it was ridiculous. Mm. And then by the time that the twist happens and and everything starts to come together and starts to uh, unravel, basically, I was blown away. I just thought he tied up all of those like loose ends and questions so perfectly uh that crazy conspiracy with the movie casting completely justified uh justin thoreau's part um the the diner scene with that jump scare you know like i think all of those elements that you have questions about that you have no idea where they're coming from i think get explained in the coolest way later Mm -hmm. uh so it just i think that ending just like is absolutely perfect and and what a Mm -hmm. cool way of uh just conveying that um your dream is being disrupted by your very very dark reality where you're ridden by uh grief and and Mm -hmm. betrayal and these feelings of vengeance and guilt still just kind of breaking into this dream world that you've created for yourself that that a homeless person behind the diner that's really more of like like a like a demon from the third realm or something you know (laughs) Yeah. yeah uh if okay so really um this is to me it's lynch's dreamiest film and and i say that because some of his films feel like a nightmare and this one on the flip side feels like a really like perfect just cherry on top dream i obviously there's that there's that uh that slow crossfade of the palm trees and then naomi watts kind of kicking back on the couch in the pink cardigan you know there's so much like just beautiful like aesthetically pleasing dreamlike imagery in here which is obviously you know it conflicts with the final act where that's switched and it becomes the aesthetic inverse of itself uh mm-hmm. but the way lynch uses los angeles i think is really interesting i was reading this vulture write-up that i sent uh zach mm-hmm. was it, it was last night or it was two oh, nights ago yes. i don't remember but um they were talking about how Lynch uses Americana in his movies, and obviously mm-hmm. uh, Blue mm-hmm. Velvet is kind of addressing this Rockwellian, uh, Reagan view of, of America at the time. And or it's even kind like of showing, Truman, like even earlier. Yeah, yeah, kind of showing the seedy underbelly of, of like a, a small, idyllic-looking town. And the way he uses Los Angeles is that it's this dream factory where people kind of go so that they can 
you know, it submerged themselves into a dream. And if you're successful in Los Angeles, then you're immortalized in a movie or a show. And that dream is spread across the rest of the country, across the rest of the world, and you're plunged deeper into this dream state. And I, I think uh, I'm not going to talk too much on this episode, but but I, that's the no, I, I just I don't want to poop all over your guys's birthday cake. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, the one thing I really do admire about Lynch is that he is interested in deconstructing like Americana, you know, mm-hmm. and not like America, the country, even though that comes with it, but like the, the, the symbols of America, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so with Blue Velvet, he the is, white picket fence, yeah, and... the Blue Velvet, he, he's, he's essentially taking apart Levittown, like the idea yeah. of the suburbs. But in this one, he's even deconstructing like the place where that idea was created, mm-hmm. which is Hollywood. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hollywood created yeah. the idea that if you go to the suburbs, uh, you'll be safe. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and here he's like, even the place that creates that dream is rotten. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And I think he, he does it better than a lot of things do. I mean, even La La Land attempts to do what this does and doesn't. Yeah. It kind of falls on its face with it. Um, you know? Where because... by the end of this, it's it's polarized. Like you see how Los Angeles worked out for some people and you see how it really didn't work out for our central character. And, and they're at completely different places in their lives. And those two people are, are resentful of each other. And obviously Diane has Camilla killed uh, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Mulholland drive, well, that's your fault. You should, you should turn off the podcast and come back. <laughs> that's to it. But, uh, fault. <laughs> um, it, it, it does. I think everything that an, an artist can really say about the psychological effect Los Angeles has on people. And, and it, it does mm-hmm. it better than any other movie I've ever seen because, mm. because but that dinner scene at the end is so powerful because Adam Kesher, the director, Hollywood has been working out for him for so long that he he he's barely even a human being anymore. He he doesn't act like a person. And the only the only one there who really acts like a person is Diane, who right. kind of grounds us. And even Camilla, I mean, that success has really diluted her too. She's she that um, younger blonde woman who's kind of replaced Diane in her life leans in and and they kiss and then she nuzzles right back up to her husband and they're laughing. They can't even announce their uh, announce their marriage uh, with it without breaking into laughter because mm-hmm. everything is just like. This this giddy, funny, mm-hmm. like, like we don't dream. have to take anything. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Because because it, it's all just worked out so well for them, mm-hmm. and and for Diane, her her psyche is is crushed, and she doesn't have a life anymore, and she's sick and lonely. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Los Angeles is a character in this, similar to how maybe the Overlook is a character in The Shining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It 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 makes or breaks people's psyches and, right. and kind of guides their and fate. it possesses them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, and uh, I mean, speaking of the Diane having Camilla killed, one of my favorite uh, things to think about with the movie is is the this is the, the girl. Hitman. What? Oh, oh yeah, okay. yeah. Well, yes. yeah, yeah. But the, uh, the hitman, the, yeah, the hitman. Just because one of the the vignettes in the movie, right, is is you see mm-hmm. this bumbling hitman who just can't get yeah. anything right. You know, he like ends up killing like three people, and he's supposed to just kill <laughs> one. Um, and that's great because again, it's just like a, a ridiculous part of this movie that's just like thrown in. And of course it's right, right. all purposeful, right? It's just like elements of reality. It's, sneaking it's how into she Diane's excuses movie. herself and kind of removes her guilt. Oh, well the, the hitman was, he was a doofus. He, exactly. he, couldn't, he couldn't do shit right. Where obviously by the end we see that he's very capable. Right. She takes out the headshot and he's like, don't show me this fucking thing here. Yes. Like what's wrong with you, you know? And he takes <laughs> yeah. it off the table. It, it, you know, the complete opposite how she deludes this hitman to kind of 
take some weight off of her shoulders and how right. he is in, yeah. in reality. Yeah, it's it's great because, you know, he appears like he can't really do his job. And by yeah. the end of the movie, it's clear that she created that, like, fantasy in her head to, like, tell herself that it's possible he was such an idiot that he messed up the job, mm-hmm. right? That's her hoping that he didn't yeah. actually kill Camilla when the evidence of the blue key on her mm. table is there and it proves the fact that he did actually yeah. kill her. Uh, did you know this yeah. in that shot? It's it's a wide shot of her mm-hmm. sitting in the apartment. Naomi Watts is ever so slightly out of focus and it's because the actual focus in that shot is the blue key on the table, the light hitting oh, the blue so key. And know. she's just the slightest bit fuzzy because it, we're supposed yeah. to, at first you see her and she looks like she's the subject, right. but what's really in focus, it's the key, which of course confirms that now Camilla is dead. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I didn't even, I didn't cool, even know. Cool, cool details on this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I think I should just mention that I, the more I think about Lynch and the more I kind of digest his stuff and talk about it, I think he is probably my favorite filmmaker. So I, I wanted to go into this not through, you know, like the fanboy goggles, but it is worth mentioning. I mean, I just love Lynch so much. I, I think the way he tells stories and um, his aesthetics and his his very kind of sincere even though somewhat surreal like approach to things is really kind of admirable and people Mm -hmm. obviously they try and copy him all the time but when you watch a lynch movie it's like okay it makes sense right like this this is a very specific way of telling stories that's kind of just not there in in the breadth for most filmmakers right when i when i uh when i wrote my own little letterboxed uh review on this I described the movie as feeling kind of prescient um, mm-hmm. and almost like precognitive in the sense that like, obviously it, as we've discussed is a, is a criticism of Hollywood, which is meta because it is a film. Yeah. And but, we haven't even talked about club Silencio. No, not yet. <laughs> but, um, but it's also, it also seems to be David Lynch in making the film seems to be aware uh, almost of like his reputation in advance as mm-hmm. a, as a as a filmmaker who's difficult to understand because the film sure. does the talking as he says right so yeah. it's like he's he uses that to pull you into his into I'll, I'll, I guess I'll say a trap right where it's like this is the film this is how I'm presenting the film to you I know it feels weird and like very mm-hmm. on the nose and everything he's giving you surfaces you're yeah. trying to figure out if I'm gonna if I'm doing something weird to you or not yeah. and you're trying to figure out what that is and it's like it's sleight of hand really is, is mm-hmm. what i feel like is so deft and apparent about um his his filmmaking is that he's able to occupy you one way while he's orchestrating this revelation on the back end and then right. you're like oh of of course like yeah. i fell for it anyway like it yeah. doesn't matter yeah. whether or not i knew that this was a front i was i still became invested in it and yeah. so when he pulls it away it's like ah i feel that yeah yeah and the movie is tons of little microcosms of that feeling obviously the the diner scene is they're telling you what's going to happen and, and you're still thinking that's mm. not that can't mm-hmm. be it like like he he's delusional or whatever it may be and obviously there is the demonic um entity behind the diner and then you know club silencio we enter the club no high banda it is all mm. an illusion there is no band it is all mm. a recording and they mm. drill that into your head a mm-hmm. hundred times the announcer keeps saying it but then this woman comes out and she, and she gives this beautiful um 
just this like this um spanish language ballad that like it brings the main characters to tears and is so convincing and so beautiful and then she collapses on the ground while the while the recording continues yeah and it's like they they told us that this was a recording and yet we were lulled into believing it because of the strength of her performance Mm. and obviously that is this kind of abstract metaphor for hollywood itself because we want to believe it I mean, it, that's the thing. It's like he can't take you in unless you want to be taken right. in. But mm-hmm. also that when the artist leaves, it, it is a business and the art will continue. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the artist is kind of, you know, there for us to project things onto. Yeah. And as soon as they go away, I mean, this, this art is we're going to bring people in to replace them. And we're going to, you know, you see this a lot in uh, movies and music. Shit gets remixed and remade and remastered yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, but, you know, the, the artist is gone. and And the art that they sunk their heart and soul into i mean it's we're just going to find another way of of recreating that because that's what hollywood is it's it is a business which is why i i wonder i wonder and having not seen more than three of lynch's films um i really do wonder about his dune because that does seem like the most different of his filmography because have you heard of the straight story have not no. that's that's pretty different for him um no oh yes i have yeah. yes i have heard of this movie yes 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 but 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 um yeah like lynch seems like such a um a realist not in the sense of texture like in acting but in mm-hmm. terms of like looking at the world in a way that is uh, almost nihilistic and how realistic yeah. it mm-hmm. is yeah. uh and dune is and dune is essentially a fairy tale you know mm-hmm. what i mean right. so like i i'm i'm kind and i know that's the movie he's kind of cast off or away from him but but because they they kind of took it for those of you who don't know they they kind of took it away from him. He wanted mm-hmm. to do a lot more with Dune. I think he initially wanted it to be a two parter to kind of Which adapt is what Villeneuve is going to do. Yeah, to, to kind of adapt oh. the entirety of uh, the Frank Herbert uh, novel, and then they kind of just because his scope I think was too out there. And the same thing happened with Jodorowsky, who initially wanted to do the movie. But the thing mm-hmm. about the thing about Lynch is I actually feel like Lynch would vibe more with uh, Children of Dune which is like mm. much more deconstructionist, which is much more like this idea of a Messiah figure is actually a terrible idea. Yeah. And Dune is like, Dune is like building up the Messiah that figure. character yeah. just to take it apart later. And Lynch seems like a natural pick for the second one because yeah. it's like, he's like, you guys like Star Wars, right? Well, Luke Skywalker probably would be a dick. You know what I mean? Like that, that is kind of like that's kind of like an inch, that's kind of the ballpark he's in, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. why Dune feels so weird as a pick for him. Right. Dan, I wanted to. Um, uh, I was just as fascinated by that uh, comment when you texted it to me um, when we were talking about the movie uh, as I was when you just said it again. I think it's really, um, a, a really Club Salento. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. a really succinct way of like explaining that bit of the film and also what it what it means uh, thing, from, yeah. from Lynch's philosophy. I, I'll just say it's 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 really um, interesting because before you came today. Uh, Zach and Wes and I were talking about uh, recasting, specifically uh, about Chadwick Boseman and the, you know, mm-hmm. and the tragedy of his passing, and then what's going to happen to the T'Challa yeah. character. And so obviously, Marvel Studios have already said we're not going to recast Black Panther, but we were talking. Did they about say that? Kevin Feige did. That. He did say that. And they yeah. said they wouldn't CGI him into oh, wow. the movie either. Yeah, so. um, which is respectful. But but the yeah. franchise will continue without its central figure, which is 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 the question, right? Because I was yeah. saying, like, honestly, I, I I wouldn't at all be surprised if like if if the tide turns toward it being like, oh, okay, well, maybe there is more 
it, it, it all comes down to profit. So maybe there mm-hmm. is more profit in Movies are finding a, a new actor. Yeah. Then it would kind of, you know, my, cause I remember my initial reaction was like, well, no, I don't want to see him recast because it's going to feel yeah. too much like they're just plugging in another right. guy. But what you're saying is so for these large temple franchises, even outside of the MCU, that's so apt. I think about even Paul Walker to a certain extent. And yeah. you've talked a lot about your distance. Now they kept how, how Vin Diesel yeah. and you know is it Universal that has Fast yeah, and Furious? That's so. their property. So. That's yeah. their cash cap. They just continue to uh milk yeah. the whole Paul Walker thing. This one was by Paul Walker, this one was for Paul Walker, this one's from Paul Walker. Yeah, well you, you know, know this one is for Paul. I think it's yeah. the Fast and the Furious movie you would love the most. <laughs> That's not it's, the it is, it is, it is amazing how, uh, as deep as your voice is, Wes, you're still like several levels above yeah. Vin Diesel. He's <laughs> like, I can't even, I can't even the go, movie. I can't even, it's the like movie. right here. Is Back at the movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I just wanted to um, mention that because I think it's like, it is, it is deeply nihilistic, but then it, mm-hmm. it is, like you said, Wes, one of those things that there are aspects of our, of our, of our life and of our society that are we live in a society yeah i was actually gonna say going off of that it's kind of amazing how relatable this movie felt to me and and not mm. in a way where mm. i'm going to try and have someone killed of course but <laughs> I, I, I would never do that <laughs> I would never, do that. <laughs> never in a million years but just like even you know the 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 fantasy and i brought it up before but the whole thing of of diane justifying why she's not a more successful actress within the, yeah. in her fantasy this conspiracy of like these mm-hmm. businessmen these really mm-hmm. intense mysterious businessmen like forcing a director to choose yeah. another girl as the star right like so you know it's ridiculous but these are like it's it's like a, a micro version of the things that you tell yourself. We do this, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, everybody does this. Exactly. We we, yeah. we have miniature delusions that we don't even kind of fully realize. Where it's like, right. what if just life was better? You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 the reason why your life isn't better is because of these like outlandish conspiracies, sure, yeah. right? Um, you know, and and just and the 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 dinner scene, right? It's like just seeing Diane like being. Like her, she's about mm-hmm. to break down fully while Camilla and um, Justin Thoreau's character, I don't remember his name. Adam Kesher. Adam Kesher, right? They're, they're like, you know, together and they're in love. And then all of a sudden that other woman walks in. You see Diane just breaking down further and further. And it's just like such a relatable moment, right? Like the film yeah. up until this point has been like, you know, just kind of crazy and magical mm-hmm. and weird. And then when it brings you to reality, you actually like you feel so hard for Diane because it, it it like it begins to feel like uh, like a, a version of your life almost. And you understand where this fantasy came from. You know what I mean? Mm, it's yeah. like it's a small it's a big version of what we do on a daily basis to, to cope with our own uh, depression and traumas. Yeah. And, and then there's there's the whole Rita aspect where she kind of takes away this woman's identity, who, who in the real world is obviously Camilla Rhodes. But she doesn't want to grapple with the fact that this woman she's in love with is also the woman who she believes stole her career from her. Right. So in her delusion, Rita has no identity. Rita is a blank right. slate. And it's just the the body and the mannerisms of this woman that mm-hmm. she was in love with, while because, the name yeah. Camilla Rhodes is, is conspired by these shadow... Um, right. These shadow like Hollywood execs to, yeah. to kind of come in and take that role from her. You know, right. in a, the mob. In a, in a, in they are the mob. They're the like mob coded yeah. or whatever. In 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 a weird way, I just thought of Ex Machina 
at ah. like the, just the yeah. the idea of having this like blank slate woman yeah. Yeah. and wanting to just project your feelings mm-hmm. for her onto her and yeah. then not mm-hmm. knowing that that person actually right. has autonomy right yeah. and you want and, to control and the, them exactly and and then like and that movie is so genius just because of even how it like is kind of deconstructing the whole nice guy <laughs> ethos right yeah, like yeah. you know what i mean just because um you're like cool with me and we talk i'm i'm in you're entitled to me and, and, yeah. and my mm-hmm. body we're I'm not talking about ex machina you, yeah. but i do love that movie but i think what you said is so profound because how many times yeah do we think like if i could just separate this part of this person yeah, yeah, yeah. if i could isolate that and pull that away then they'd be perfect but right. it's like yeah. mm-hmm. obviously that's not possible and if yeah. you give into that delusion, then you won't be able to have really any successful relationship. Exactly. Either. Right. And, it, 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 and it's, and it's, I, I, we're getting really film nerdy in, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we are. That's what film podcasts are for. But I man. think, yeah. I think it's, I think, I mean, David Lynch, if nothing else, has watched other films. Sure. And he's riffing oh, yeah. on them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've talked about film being like, like hip hop, like it's a mm-hmm. sampling art yeah. form. It's reflexive. So, yeah. It, 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 it survives based on looking at other things and mixing it. Yeah. You know, and there's there's a lot of vertigo. The love at first sight thing. Yeah, well, there's a lot of vertigo, like yeah. the the, mm. the fact that she puts the wig on her and attempts to create a, another yeah. person out of a person that already exists. Right. And vertigo right. has that great moment where she comes out of the bathroom and you, as the audience, and are the like, green light is on. Yeah, her yeah, and, and the, the whole, music swells, and, the, yeah. and you're like, as the audience, you're like, that is un, unbearably mm. uncomfortable. And yeah. <laughs> and this movie has an entire like act mm-hmm. of just just a sustained oh life. when she first yeah. pulls her into the mirror and the, yeah. the camera is kind of like on a on yeah, a dolly gliding yeah. with rita it almost looks like rita is like floating into the She's reflection like of the mirror yeah, with yeah. the mm. with the wig on that is so like uncomfortable yeah. in mm. a very subtle way yeah, yeah a lot of stuff here that falls into uncanny valley without the use of computer graphics obviously mm. but just yeah. uncanny in terms of depicting a human form that is not behaving like a human being at all Right. And, mm-hmm. and and that like that schism being very uh uncomfortable, alarming for you. There there was um I was talking to Danny about this Vsauce video that I was watching um, a couple weeks yeah. ago where he was talking about what what creepiness actually is. Mm-hmm. And and Stephen King this stemmed from a scene of a uh, Lost Highway that I that I had mm-hmm. sent to Justin and, mm-hmm. and it reminded him of this. Yeah. It's, if, for those of you who have seen it, it's it's uh where the man confronts Bill Pullman at the party and says I'm at your house I'm right now. House. That whole yeah. dialogue. Mm. Call me, and he calls his landline, and the man who he's talking to picks up. Yeah, but, yeah. Have you watched and the Maggie Mayfish video about? I I just way? sent that to, to yeah. Justin I last night. Yeah, that was. You were talking there about. Was a, it. A, have you watched that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I love that video. Her, her best essay, I think, so far. Yeah, but uh, I, I was just going to say that. Um, what was I going to say? Sorry, what was I talking? Oh yes, <laughs> Stephen King apparently gave kind of a ranking about like the different levels of fear. And he talked about terror being like less about what's actually happening and more about what could happen. Mm. Yeah, like yeah. the idea that yeah. like you're sitting by yourself at home and there could be someone there home invasion that yeah. you don't know has been there Spying you know what I mean? on you from across the street. Exactly. Yeah. Like and that God. type of stuff raises the hairs yeah. on the back of your head. And sure. Lynch is so he operates in that space like crazy. Definitely. You know what I mean? And I've only seen the one film, but I, you know, I could see myself watching more just to, I guess, just to torment myself yeah. with yeah. terror. <laughs> yeah. But I mean that, I, yeah, that's, that's really where I kind of, uh, I landed on this was realizing him as a, as a master of that uncanny. I need to look into that, uh, that um, Stephen King ranking because I wonder where like paranoia and, and all those mm. things rank. I think he That's had like three time. levels. It was like, but yeah. I'll send you the video and, and where, where <laughs> you can find it. 
we know that I love Stephen King's ideas. I also uh, love Stephen King. I love Stephen the, the execution, King. not always. He but I always, love his ideas. I he doesn't love always ideas. land the plane, but yeah. I'm enjoying the plane. Amazing <laughs> ideas. Not safely, yeah. anyway. Um, it's crashing to earth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, does anyone have any other points to make about it? Uh, I think I've honestly said everything that I have to. I mean, I... I, I fell in love with the movie like you know as soon as it ended i was like oh that was mm-hmm. that was perfect there was nothing about it yeah that i was like oh wait well what about that that didn't really add up you know i, mm-hmm. I think it, just... it is so haunting yeah there, there are scenes that are beautiful and, and yet they're haunting it's it's when uh, uh diane and her delusion obviously she's given herself the name betty because she saw it on the name tag of a, of yes. a young yes. uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed uh, right. actress who's who's working at a diner um and she she lands that uh audition which she aces and everybody loves her we don't know how that went in reality but then the delusion she was amazing and right. they go and they take her to meet adam kesher who's who's casting that part and in the background you can hear the da 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 while they while they have that love at first sight oh, push yeah. in, mm-hmm. you know and then obviously she has to go but that that moment is so like Every time I watch that movie, that that moment gives me chills. It just mm. it feels like a million things are happening. Yeah. yeah. While, while really something very minimal is is going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just that there's auditioning girls in the background and and they see each other and before they can really have like a a true like spoken connection, it's it's interrupted by her her duties with with right. Rita. Oh, right. and that's the last thing I want to bring up. How mind blowing is it that when her and Rita go into that woman's apartment, she's finding her own dead body. She's finding the dead body of that Diane woman, which is mm. the bed that she wakes right. up in, the clothes that she's wearing when she wakes up. It's the apartment she wakes up, and she's yeah. she's finding herself after she's committed suicide. Which is yeah. which has to be then because if it's it's still a part of, and of course it's non-linear storytelling, but if it's a part of her like fantasy, right, that's being invaded by her reality, then is mm-hmm. is that like her seeing her like suicidal thoughts, right? Because I, she, I think it. I think it brings into question when the the delusion is full swing. Is right. it right before she kills herself? Is it before the dinner party? Like when when is the she probably has when, the delusion over and over. When does she but, have her psychotic break? Right. But yeah. she would probably be seeing herself as a dead body, like right before she can't take it and she's about to right. commit suicide. Because there's, that's how I interpret that. Because there's pills, right? That that's what it looks like. She overdosed. Yeah, the, or the, the first shot of the movie is her winning the jitterbug contest, yeah. and the second shot is her waking up in bed. It's her POV and looking around for a for a pill bottle yes. before going right back to sleep. Yeah. Okay. Ah, yeah. She, yes. Do you remember that POV shot? It's the second shot in the yeah. movie. It's it's like a break right before the title it, card. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, yeah, it's, yeah. it's there? It's there for a minute. It's there for oh, maybe like forty five seconds. But she 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 wakes up and you know it's like it's the first hint you miss that it. we can't trust what we're <laughs> seeing. Yeah. 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 That's, I yeah. See? I want. I'm definitely gonna watch it at least one more time because you know there's always a benefit to watching something a movie like that that has a, has a twist and then when you go back and you know it yeah. like. Absolutely. To, okay, I, I've noticed in these Leatherbox yeah. reviews, people compare it a lot to Donnie Darko, just in the sense that you have to watch it a few times. I don't think mm-hmm. they're anywhere near as good as as one another. I do still like Donnie Darko, but um, that seems to be people's like comparison point for for movies right. that you have to watch. Mm-hmm. Similar era, similar era. Yeah. Yeah. Era, yeah. <clears throat> so let's let's rank, let's it. rank it. Let's do it. Who do we want to start with? Who wants to go first? I fucking love this movie, man. It's better than Citizen Kane. Say your line. 
Uh, Citizen Kane is is myth. There we go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's it's up there. I mean, it it could be my favorite movie of all time. Sometimes I tell people that it is. I think mm. it's uh, legendary. What's their highest? Immortal. Uh, immortal. Immortal. Uh, for immortal. me. For me. Immortal. For me, it's immortal. Great. Cool. Justin, what do you got? I really, really like this movie. It took me by surprise, and talking to y'all about it, um, even even hearing from Wes, who I know didn't didn't personally enjoy it as mm. much, even though he recognizes, you know, its craft, which is something that I think that's a distinction we all we will we've had we have yeah, made on the yeah. show, and we will continue to make. Um, but uh, talking about it has has definitely made me appreciate it more and want to revisit it because there definitely were times while I was watching it that I was, I was starting to tune out. I was like, okay, I'm trying to stick with you, Lynch, but like, where's this going, buddy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so I'm, for me, it's uh, reanimate um, okay. because I think okay. that the, uh, again, like I said at the beginning, like it's, it's clearly in a lot of ways, a template for, for a lot of things that we've seen that are, that are much tamer versions of this that don't have like the, the same level of like, they're not operating on the same level of like sure. social commentary yeah. and everything else. But um, I think that like there are movies that if, if you've seen Donnie Darko and Shutter Island and you like those, you'll really probably cool. like Mulholland Drive. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm going to go uh, immortal for sure. I, uh, I definitely agree with you, Justin. There are moments where, you know, sometimes you, you feel like your attention is being dragged in another direction, mm -hmm. at least for me. But then again, like just, that ending, it just made it everything worth it, and it made me want mm. to rewatch it. I think so much of the the joy of this movie also comes from uh, talking to other people about it because they, mm. you know, they have different, like literally this conversation. Like every, you have different theories, you have uh, different opinions, you have different insights that I didn't have, and then vice versa. And I think there's just so much to dissect, and there's always something that you didn't yeah. realize about the film that now you're like, okay, I have to go film back. Film is a special that. medium. Yeah. This is a very special medium. Uh, and, and this movie really, you know, it, it movies like this make you realize how special this medium is, Absolutely. how it can affect different people, have different takeaways and who is realizing what, who else is, is kind of digesting it this way. You know, I mm -hmm. mean, Lynch is one of the great archetypes for that kind of filmmaking. Right. Yep. So immortal for me, Wes. What do you have to say for yourself? Uh, for myself, uh, you know, I feel weird about giving this a rating because I think uh, even after talking to you guys, but also, you know, this is a this is a well made movie. Like, it's not. I'm not going to be like. It's not like a movie where I'm like, I've heard it's great. Yeah. I watch it. I'm like, this is fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's clearly a well made movie that's been thought out. Uh, and I take a movie that I don't like that is smart rather than a dumb movie that I do like. Fair enough. Uh, so I mean, for my, for me, it's an embalm, which is right mm -hmm. in the middle of the road. Like it's not a movie mm -hmm. I'm probably gonna revisit, mm -hmm. uh, unless maybe I I hate Danny yourself. bullies me, <laughs> wakes you up in the middle of the night. <laughs> but also, but also, there's a lot of merit to it, and I think we the fact that it sustained uh, almost 40 minutes of conversation, which is not something that's happened for all the films we've discussed on this podcast, right. yeah. uh, means that it has it, uh, a good amount of quality. Yep. And it probably is better than Citizen Kane because <laughs> Citizen Kane is a mid movie. Mid. So. Well, Wes, I know that um, you have a kind of a programming change for our next episode. Before yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, our next uh, popular pick will be uh, the Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, masterpiece oh. in the Heights. Is it really good? Uh, no, okay. uh, but it's it's we will discuss. It is a very uh, well directed film. Uh, 
but um, we will be discussing it in the next episode, and we will be bringing our first guest on, uh, <gasps> and she will select our movie The Pair With It. Uh, it will, spoiler, it will probably be a musical. So, oh, that's yeah. perfect. So look out I'm hoping for, for Hairspray. Yeah, yeah that'll that. be fun. <laughs> it'll be a fun episode. Um, but yeah, look out for those uh, announcements as they come. Right now, it's going to do it for this episode. We thank you all graciously for paying us. We love thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Wait, wait, wait. Thank you. Wait. If you, what's up, Zach? No, no, you go ahead. I just want to. Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to. <laughs> if you like what you heard, check out our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and the Podbean app. Rate and review the show where you can. Follow us on socials at the Media More and consider supporting us on Patreon. Until next time, we are the movie watchers. Silencio. Bye. Zach, do it. <laughs> <laughs>